I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Sarah Ezrin is the author of The Yoga of Parenting, 10 Yoga-Based Practices to Help You Stay Grounded, Connect With Your Kids, and Be Kind to Yourself. This episode has been guest hosted by Julie Chavez, author of the upcoming Zivi Books title, Everyone But Myself, and host of the Ask a Librarian podcast. Sarah Ezrin is an author, world-known yoga educator, content creator, and mama based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Sarah loves guiding people along their wellness and parenthood journeys. Her words, classes, and social media are supportive healing spaces where people can feel seen and heard. Sarah, welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm so happy you're here today. I'm so happy. Thank you for you, Julie, and thank you for Zibby for having me. It is an honor to be here in this crew. I love all of your friendships and the circle of writers that is Zibby Books, so it's always an honor to be involved in any way I can. Oh, yay. Yes, it is a pretty good girl gang at the moment, right? Maybe there'll be some men in there eventually, but no, it's (laughs) it's a gift. It's so fun. Well, we are here today. We're talking about your book, The Yoga of Parenting, 10 Yoga-Based Practices to Help You Stay Grounded, Connect With Your Kids, and Be Kind to Yourself. Yes. I love 
just the design of the book, honestly, I'm such a like judge a book by its cover person, which I'm sure is terrible, but I love the design of this. And honestly, when I read the description and the introduction, I just exhaled. This book Mm -hmm. has such a beautiful tone to it. I think you did such a wonderful job with just the way that you designed it and the way that it feels. So congratulations. I'm so glad it's out in the world. Thank you. That's very sweet. I wish I could take credit for the design, but as a first-time writer, I was given three samples. <laughs> Let's be real. And it was oh. like, the, the yoga pose will be up in this corner or down in this corner. <laughs> it will be pink or it will be this. But I did I did send them, you know, some of my, like my mood boards, if you will. But I, you know what, it, it's kind of amazing. And, you know, you know, you've got your book coming out soon too how the book, like what it originally was versus what it became and then when it, how it came back to it. And even that subtitle, which was like the bane of my existence and literally like, like it tortured me at night. I would have nightmares. (laughs) And then when we figured it out, it was like, oh, this is it. It was just like light bulbs and you know, so for all yes. the listening writers out there that are struggling with a cover or a subtitle, trust the process. That's my advice. Because sometimes the universe is just like, you know, there it's manifesting it in the perfect way. So thank oh, you. <laughs> you are totally speaking to my heart there because I can't tell you how many times I've woken up in the middle of the night thinking about some random detail. But (laughs) subtitles are also, I've been in subtitle hell and it's not a place I want to go to anytime soon. Like there's nothing that you can grind like that (laughs) where you're just, I mean, you could think about it for years. It's the worst. And my editor was literally like, you know, because I'm a first-time author as well. And and she was like, you know, some subtitles are easy and some are just theirs. And I like, that was all she sent me. And I'm like, okay, so I assume I'm assuming I'm Yeah. And then I would get, you know, it was like 30 different anyway, you know, like, or it would be a sentence, but then there'd be like a slash. So it's like, you know, way to be kind, compassionate, caring. Like, you know, it's like, insert this word here. It was like this like Mad Libs, you know, a maddening Mad Libs. But then we got it, you know, oh. we got it. And when it, when it hit, it really hit. And it was like, oh, this is everything it was meant to be. I found it. Yeah. Did you feel in those times, I think, you know, because it's your first rodeo and all these things, how was that process for you? Because I feel like sometimes the, the details, like the subtitle, nobody in your life, at least in my experience, cares an iota as much as you care and the team cares about what you're doing, right? Like my husband's like, I really don't want to talk about this anymore (laughs) with you. (laughs) (laughs) So did you find, how did you find that for you? Because this is your first book. I mean, how did you, how did you find that process? Did it feel lonely? Did it feel okay? Did it feel, was it all of it? I mean, what was that experience like? Well, the very first thing I did before I even wrote the book, when I decided like this, it's time, it's finally time to write a book. Cause I'd been wanting to write, literally I've been, I've been writing books like that were like, you know, teen, teen thrillers when I was 16, you know, (laughs) not even, I was definitely not writing at 16. I was probably 12 (laughs) writing about 16 year olds, but you know, I'd been trying and I'd been writing for, for different outlets and publications. But when it came time to actually write the book, the the idea for the book came from this, this idea and energy of collaboration. Mm. So it was, it it was born out of, you know, I've been so hyper-independent my whole life. And I'm like, you can do this alone that like I, had as a mom, it was really becoming a mother for the first time that, you know, with my first son that I realized, no, you can't do anything alone. And like, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to write a book, 
oh, I need other moms. I need other parents. That's how I'm going to write it. So before I even began, I went to every single person I ever met in my life (laughs) that had ever written a book or was involved in publishing somehow. Jen was, you know, who wrote my foreword. Yes. Like, obviously, like one of my most successful friends. And I was like, what do I do? Where do I begin? But I mean, I literally, I called everybody and everything. So not that I knew about, you know, certain steps along the way, but some of the process was revealed to me. Also, my sister used to be in publishing. Oh, okay. Many lifetimes ago, she worked for Penguin when it was Penguin Putnam. And so she, you know, she was a little bit helpful, but you know, again, it's like the same thing with, you know, the, the your closest family doesn't care. They're like, yes. They don't want to read another version of your manuscript. But yeah, you know, I think family-wise, immediate family-wise, like no expectations that they have any interest. Do you follow Sarah Peterson who writes in pursuit of counter clean countertops? She's a Substack writer and she's a journalist. Yes, I was just turned on to her recently. I do. She's follow phenomenal, her. and everybody, okay. please immediately go follow her. She wrote Momfluenced, but she did like a you know autopsy of like what what it's been like a month after writing the book, and then she's like to everybody in the world, it's just a book, but to you, it's like you've climbed Mount Everest, and it's like the pinnacle, and it's everything. Like you know, I like I wanted to like tell like the cashier, at, you know, the supermarket. I'm like I wrote a book, like just someone yes. random walking by, you know, and like no, so immediate family could care less, go to other authors for that support. They are the ones that are going to be there with you and have like an author that you can text that is that whose book is also coming out around the same time. That yes. you can panic text and be like, I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening? But it, oh. it's, uh, yeah, it's quite, it's an interesting process, isn't it? The writing, because you're alone for so much of it. And then there's so yep. much that's collaboration and yeah, it's definitely, um, it's been a very long and interesting journey. It's so true. And I'm glad you had some vision into it beforehand. I feel like I skipped into the whole situation, like just bright eyed and bushy tailed (laughs) and this is going to be great, which it is. It's great. And it's also this just crazy, you just don't know what you don't know until you're in it. And then all of a sudden it's, yeah, trying to keep your, I'm sure you had, but I'm sure for you, it was all like calm and collected because you were just practicing yoga the whole time. And there was just, I mean, that's what the book's about, right? You buy my book and you'll be totally calm too. (laughs) No. Oh my goodness. No, 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 no. That is a, it was okay. So first of all, I was, I got pregnant like I signed my book deal and I got pregnant within the same week. And my book was due when my second son was due. Stop and I it. was like, this is not good timing. And we weren't <laughs> even like, we we were just, you know, and I, it, it was like, it was kind of like, a, oh, okay, let's try. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I had had, it, anyway, it's, uh, and somehow he, it was due in April. He was due in April. And then I had an HG pregnancy, which is hyperemesis gravidarium, oh, which, no. you know, means you're basically vomiting or nauseous all day long, the entire pregnancy. I was hospitalized twice with it. And, but for some reason in the morning between 5am and 7am, most mornings, most mornings, not every morning, but many mornings, I felt okay. I don't know. It was like the one time of day that I was like, I I could get up. Maybe it was just adrenaline, but (laughs) I somehow managed to, to, to write and do my edits. And then the rest of the day would be me either like laying down 
for most of the day or just dragging myself through playgrounds with my my toddler, you know, who was oh, young at the time, still yeah. like, you know, two and a half. But yeah, it was an interesting... So there was like all these, all these other psychological layers that were going on too, you know, and like... Yeah, it was it was an interesting process, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. So, you know, sometimes I think too, especially when you're writing a book like this, that sort of when you are in the fire of it, like I think the tone when I was talking about like the design of your book, it's very calming and beautiful, which it is. But the tone of your writing is what really makes this book a gift. I think it's going to be such a valuable resource for all parents and also even parents of older kids. Like I think there are principles in this book that would also apply to people that, you know, don't have biological children because we're all mothering and fathering and caring for people in so many ways. But all that to say, I think that sometimes you get that tone because you are truly in it, where you were really having probably, I'm imagining, to cling to the things that you knew to be true to pull you through that time and to, you know, to get through that because that's so stressful. And also just being pregnant the second time is such a different experience anyway, right? The oh first time you're like, and yeah. special and unique and cute. No. And then yeah, the second the time, second time like, no. no. I don't. <laughs> yes. I did like a maternity, I did three maternity shoots, three maternity shoots with my first one. Okay. The second one, I'm like, I like still am deleting content. Like I, I just, it, I, I mean, I, there was like pictures of me in like my husband's sweatshirt, like the same sweatpants oh I'd been gosh. wearing for days, <laughs> rings around my eyes, you know, cause I was so dehydrated. It was no, it was not. And I, I maybe that's what you're sensing in the book too. It's like, yes. I wanted a book that gave permission and I was so tired <laughs> while yes. writing it. I was like, you can try this or not, or just don't do it. <laughs> you know, figure it out on your own. That's basically what the book is. <laughs> oh, but in a very loving and yogic way. Because that is. is that is the path, right? The path yes. really is about finding your own intuition and listening to your inner needs and and listening to what your deeper calls are. And sometimes it's it's those moments. It's often, you know, pregnancy or early days of postpartum where it cuts through all this, all the noise. You don't even have the energy to people please or to push yourself and yes. you get super clear on what it is that you need. And that is what the yoga practice, you know, provides us, but without having to be, you know, one of those gauntlet moments, it could just be like a Saturday and you could tap into your intuition. Yes. You could just tap into it without all the suffering, but sometimes that's just the way it rolls. You're exactly right. I love that you're saying that though, the permission of it, you could try this or you don't have to like, I think, but you say it, I think what you say here too, though, is that, you know, you already have everything you need. And that's such a freeing message for people because I think parenting is the, it's a wonderful gift. It's a wild ride. It's all of these things, but it is so extreme. And then we live in a, a culture and a time where it's just, there's so much information and it's, you can't, especially if you're at all an achiever or someone who's, you know, trying to do things the right way and I fall into that category, it can be a really toxic situation because you're just always taking in, always putting pressure to do more as opposed to what you're really talking about here, which is you have what you need. You just have to be connected to it. 
Yeah. And connected to your kids too, as opposed to looking for, looking at all these third parties for the answers, which is understandable when you're a new parent. And, you know, like you said, like an A-type or a people pleaser, or, you know, and, the, and again, yeah. I'm speaking from my, my own, you know, this is about me, you know, being highly anxious and always wanting to make sure I'm doing the right thing. So you're constantly looking out of yourself for those answers. And whether that's other parenting books or what you see modeled in the media, you know, which we know is, is, you know, mostly curated and, you know, or your in-laws or, you know, if you're, you know, my, my mom passed, but I, I imagine, you know, I would feel pressure from her, right. If she was around and, you know, like had an opinion about something because you put your own parent on a pedestal. But at the end of the day, when we get quiet, we know the answer. And sometimes we don't, sometimes like, you know, when there is no solution, there's no solution. And that's usually the time that you need to sit with it even longer or, and obviously go to experts, you know, to get guidance and to get clear, but, but the solution will arise, right? It will start to show itself to you. And that's just that continual connection to yourself, to your breath, to your kid, to the moment and to get clear on like, okay, what do we, what is, what is needed right now as a family, as opposed to like, what does the world want from me right now? Oh my gosh. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11, and it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help, and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Moms Don't Have Time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Moms Don't Have Time. So let's back up a little bit and talk about you 
Okay, so you had always wanted to write a book. You were graduating, obviously, from the teen thrillers that you were writing in, you know, a journal somewhere, I'm sure. But what, so when you came to this, you thought, okay, this, how did you choose to write about the yoga of parenting as opposed to the yoga of something else in our lives? What was, what was the source for you there? It was a random shower moment, believe it or not, which sounds so cliche, you know, uh, (laughs) But like, you know, I'd always had the goal to write a book, as I said, but, you know, I think my ego was leading the goal as opposed to my experience. So when I first started to teach yoga, I was like, I'm going to be on the cover of a magazine and I'm going to write a book, you know, and that's because that's what the superstar teachers were doing that were, you know, paving the way for us newer teachers. So it was always a goal because it seemed it seemed like that's what you had to do. Mm. And then obviously many years went by many, you know, no show classes and, you know, really wild retreats and really amazing relationships and, you know, classes of hundreds of people. And, you know, all this time went by teaching all these different people and seeing all the people come in and out of my classes. And I, my last mentorship group when I was in LA was mostly parents. And I remember I was leading like a business of yoga lecture with them. And I was like, you know, what gets you out of bed in the morning? And I was thinking the answer was going to be like, you know, teaching my students. And everybody, right. everybody was talking about their kids and it, it didn't fully click for me. I, 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 you know, I wasn't really ready to admit that I wanted to have kids. I'd had a lot of loss. And so it wasn't like, it just wasn't matching. It just wasn't matching for a long time. And then when I got pregnant, it was like, it's just one of those things like, and and it goes back to like finding the right book cover or the right subtitle. It's like these things happen in your life and, and it's like all the paths tend to open. And my last day before I left for maternity leave, a student said, everything you, she was crying, everything you say to us on the mat, you're going to impart in your parenting. And I didn't really understand it at the time. It was still very disconnected. You know, I was still thinking career means A-type yoga, you know, like write an anatomy book or something, (laughs) you know, write about the business of yoga. Like none of it was like convalescing yet until I had a really intense postpartum period with my first. And then we all went into COVID and, you know, and things just got so challenging that I realized, oh my gosh, it's the bridging together of these two things. That's what's missing. And it was just this like aha moment, you know, like, where's the yoga of parenting? You share in the book early on that your childhood had some stresses and challenges and that there was addiction and alcoholism that was happening around you. Was that, so when you became a parent, has that come up for you in ways? I mean, how do you, how has that time in your life and your childhood shaped where you are now as a parent? Well, I am coming up on my two-year anniversary of being an Al-Anon member. So Al-Anon is for children, family, friends, spouses of alcoholics. Yeah. And that was because there was a, one of my family members had a relapse and it, it just, it reignited, you know, me, me going into doing the work on my own. Mm -hmm. So that has been incredibly informative in my parenting because so much of Al-Anon is, you know, holding the space, loving your loved ones, but also giving them the dignity of their own experience and, you know, trusting that they are on their own path. And, you know, as a mom, that's like so much of those lessons, right? I mean, obviously it's very different when you're talking about someone's addiction and, you know, like trusting that 
they're going to hit bottom and, or they're going to have the experience they're going to have is very different than like my toddler, like scaling a wall. But there are similarities to that, which is like, be the boundary, be there on the side, you know, be there with love, be ready mm-hmm. to step in if absolutely necessary. But also at the same time, like leave them space to, to, to live their lives. Because as someone that grew up in a household with alcoholics and addicts, I try to control everything. Okay. Everything was so uncertain and out of control that my my disease, my addiction, if you will, is that I need to control everything. And that includes, you know, what my kids are wearing, what they're eating, where they're going, what, you know, who they're talking to, my life entirely, when I'm when I'm gonna yeah. write my book, when I'm gonna do this, right? I mean, I was controlling my career before I had even taught like a, an actual yoga class. So that has been the most freeing process for me because it's it's just this idea. I know surrender gets a bad word, you know, considered a bad word sometimes, but it is, it's like, it's a letting go and a trusting. And I'm not like turning my back on anything, right? It's just simply like stepping back with my arms open so that I'm there if necessary. And that's been incredibly healing for, Mm. you know, both my relationship with my family members, but, you know, also it's been a really cool approach to my parenting too. Yeah. That is beautiful to hear. I also am a control addict for sure. And being able to, I will say that that is one of the great things and the hard things, obviously, about watching the kids grow because mine are teenagers now. Mm -hmm. And you really do have a sense of, you do not belong to me. You are not mine to keep in that way. And so how do I allow you to, yeah, walk your path and not make it about me. I mean, there's just so much that's tangled there. So it sounds like you've done a lot of work toward untangling those and that that benefits your parenting too. Yeah. I mean, and again, like let's talk in 10 years, you know, when they are like, you know, getting into cars and and starting to drive, but I hope I'll just continue to work, you know, that program and, and continue to do the work on my own and trust, you know, trust what I can. And you know, but yeah, I mean, the other thing is that like my husband's side is, is, has a lot of addicts and alcoholics too. So it's going to be a conversation we're going to have to have with our kids, you know, quite early, you know, and, and many people in my family are very open with their recovery. Thankfully, you know, a lot of people in my husband's family are as well. So it's, it informs our every day. I mean, we see it in our own behaviors. I, you know, I like, of course, I'm trying not to project it on my one-year-old, you know, I'm like, <laughs> he's addicted to my boob, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's like, no, you have no idea, you know, or if like, if I give him this, then, then, you know, he's, he's always going to seek the quick response. And like, you know, if I give him Tylenol right now, when he has his tooth hurt, does that mean he's going to go for medication? I mean, it's always kind of there in my brain, but the reality is, is like, you know, their paths have so many different forks and directions that they can go. And I just have to trust that I am walking side by side with them to a point. And then at a certain point, like you said, they're going to have to take their own path and I will continue walking near them, by them. I'm there if they need me, but I have to trust that they're on their own path. And thank goodness for programs like Al-Anon, therapy, you know, all those things to help with that. I love what you talk about here with the connection that we can take ourselves out of the mix and be more connected to our kids. So I think you did a beautiful job of expressing that. 
So tell me this. But real quick, I think it's, it's yeah. we also have to honor the disconnection too, right? Like, so I okay. want to make sure that we're not connected. You can't be connected 24-7. It's, an, it's no. an impossibility. And you need to have your own your own role as a human being and as an individual. And that's what the that's the beauty of the yoga lessons, right? Is that we we get to feel both how interconnected and interdependent we all are, but at the same time honor who we are as individuals. So, you know, yes, there is that deep connection, but there's also it's also important to disconnect at times too, right? Like, you know. I'm glad that you're saying that because I'm thinking back to what I just said, and it really did sound like I'm a stalker parent. And you're no, exactly no. right. No, no, but it's true. I think there is this sort of like that was a pitfall for me that they they're not my products. They're not, they're not who I am. They're not everything. Like I have to be a full person myself in order to be, to have that connection with them because otherwise I'm looking to them for that kind of affirmation. You know what I mean? Like I don't ever want my stuff to be their problem. So, but you're right. That's, that's a very good point. And I know for me with the control aspect, the disconnection can be hard too, where accepting that there will be times of disconnection. I'm not great with that. So I'll just jot that down to talk to my therapist about, uh, Kim. She's lovely. (laughs) As we're talking about this, my baby just woke up in the back room and I know my husband has him, right. But it's like everything inside of me is like, wants to check the, the, you know, and see, and you know, you want to be so you want to be controlling. Is he okay? Is everything okay? I mean, and then that's just in the simplest of ways, but that it's okay. Right. Because now, you know, just for this example, like they're going to have this wonderful bonding time together for that, you know, half hour or however long. Long. And, you know, I think it, it, or like I went away recently with just the baby and left my toddler and my husband at home. And, and that was very challenging, you know, not being here in the day to day. And, but at the same time, like, again, that disconnection, I, it made my relationship with my toddler that much stronger. Cause I came home and we were just so much more appreciative. Him and his dad got to bond in these really beautiful ways. And yes. those are even simple disconnections, right? I mean, you know, we're not even talking about like getting into a fight and having that disconnection, yes. which can then also bring you closer together. But it, it's that ebb and flow again, right? It's mm. like connect, disconnect, or, you know, disconnect, connect, expand, contract. And, and it's all just that living, breathing thing that is being in relationship and living in this world. Yes, Well, and you talk about a little bit later in the book, the push and the striving, and that you had a teacher that talked about pulling back 20%. Mm. And I loved that in relation to that parenting idea, just like you're saying, where we're sort of trying too hard to control it, to be there, to connect. And then, then your sensitivity is dulled because your effort is so intense. So you give, I mean, there are hundreds of nuggets like that in this book that I will be going back to even as a parent of teens and especially as a parent of teens because talk about a game of connect and disconnect like you cannot force them to want to get in it with you you know when they yeah it's the the disconnects are just definitely different so having some perspective on that and having some calm of okay I'm going to walk away and then trust that I will be able to come back to this and what we've built is still there. 
Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that's that, that underlying thread. I mean, I do want to say real quick because you live in the East Bay that my, it's my teacher, Annie Carpenter, who is East Bay based and is amazing. And, you know, that's what what she was saying, what we say in the book and what I quoted her on is that she talks about doing 80% because Mm. she is a, she's another, you know, 275,000% kind of person, you know? So it's like, what happens if you pull back? What if you even just 20% and it's not saying that, you know, and, and cause I, that's the thing with the disconnection is I think people miss misinterpreted as detachment, yes, you know, or, that's a good way to put it. you know, but even there, you can detach with love, right? So it's yes. like, how do you pull back enough to leave space for people to have their own experience to grow and expand in? And I kept thinking like when you were saying when you're too connected, there's no, there's no air to breathe, right? You're yes. on top of something that, you know, if you were like on top of a flower, right? I, I mean, I don't, I don't garden. <laughs> My husband will come in and correct us in five seconds. He's like, please don't use that metaphor. But if you're like on top of something, right? I imagine it can't really grow and breathe. So you have to leave the space for it to do so. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love to suffocate things with like (laughs) over presence and over conversation. It's great. My husband loves it. (laughs) Our last question. What's your greatest hope for the book? I just want more parents to feel good about themselves when they're reading a parenting book. You know, Mm. I, I want there to be a resource out there that will make you realize, A, you're already doing a great job. And B, you know, there is no perfect parent. There is no manual. This Mm -hmm. is just, again, these are just these lines, right, for you to color within to find the design that you need for you. And yeah, I mean, if if we can help a few parents out there and, and inspire some people to be nicer to themselves along the way and you know, take ownership over their needs, then think about the impacts that's going to have on the children and then on and on you go. What a gift. Well, I am so thankful, truly, that I got to talk to you today. I'm so happy I was the one to interview you because this has been a gift for me. And I have no doubt that this book and that the conversation will be a gift to so many parents out there. So congratulations. You you have a book in the world and I can't wait for more people to get their hands on it. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Zibby, for having me and the whole Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books crew and podcast and listeners. I'm really honored anytime I get to participate in these kind of things with Zibby. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.